The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Marina Sprocky Spriggs and I am your host of Always Another Way. I have a master's in professional counseling, and I am the IPI award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life. I'm also the author of Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I write positive divorce advice for the Huffington Post, or HuffPost now, and I'm trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to outside-of-the-box thinkers and open-minded individuals, and if you are rigid in your views and very set in your beliefs, then this is probably not your cup of tea. However, you should note that taste can and do change. So today we are going to be talking about another way to do life at 40 plus. And as of 2017, the average life expectancy in the U.S. is age 79 for men and 81 for women, which means if you're a 40-year-old woman, get ready because you're about to live another lifetime. Although there is a report as recently as December 27 on CNN that the United States, States life expectancy has actually dropped again following last year's decline. This is the first marked downturn in more than two decades. Heart disease, over 633,000 people in 2016, it's the number one killer. Cancer comes in second at more than 595,000. And then the group next to that is lower respiratory disease with just slightly more than 155,000. So I want you to just think about those three things. The big leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, and then quite a bit below that, respiratory disease. And then I want you to think about our emotional health, our food sources, our air and our environment. And just let that marinate. In 1900, the average life expectancy was 46 for men and 48 for women. And as the decades went on, and with new discoveries, life expectancies grew. But in March 2017, the CDC shows that U.S. infant mortality rates are falling. However, compared to babies in other healthy nations, infants in the U.S. are far less likely to make it to their first birthday. In a 2010 a U.S. baby was more than twice as likely to die than another first-year baby in Norway, Japan, Portugal, and the Czech Republic. Currently, in Mississippi and Alabama, they have some of the highest infant mortality rates in the country at almost 9 per 1,000. So, if you've made it past your first year, my next guest is going to tell you that life doesn't end as 40. In fact, it just might begin there. And you wouldn't believe it, but I actually met her on Twitter maybe six years ago, and then I met her real live in person. So I want to welcome you, Jackie 
Morgan McDougall. And just to tell you a little bit about her, in 1995, Jackie packed everything she owned into her Mitsubishi Eclipse and hit the road for Los Angeles with just $700 to her name. Fast forward, she has worked for over two decades in TV and digital marketing, creating content for women with some of the most recognizable and innovative names in entertainment, like Queen Latifah, Harry Connick Jr., Tyra Banks, Chrissy Teigen, and Sharon Osbourne. And while her passion for all things entertainment brought her to LA, it's what she's experienced personally and professionally that's brought her to her true purpose. Now, instead of just creating content for others to market to women, she taps into her own personal insight and voice to connect with women, online and in person, helping them to find their own distinct voices and use that voice in a way that's authentic and effective. Please welcome Jackie Morgan McDougall. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Marina. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I just love talking to you. <laughs> I do too. And as we start, I just want to, you to tell us why 40? Why is that such a big number for you? You know, I have to say, I never really thought 40 was going to happen in my life. Um, when I was three years old, my mom was 39 and she died of breast cancer. So I don't remember that time. I don't remember. I was the 11th child and I don't remember how, um, how things kind of went because I was so little, but I just know that my whole life, I just assumed 40 wasn't an option and that kind of life ended at 39. And so when I turned 40, I kind of woke up and looked around like, what do I do now? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And so I kind of got stuck a little bit, wasn't sure where to go next. Um, but now that I'm 46, I'm like, wait a second. There's so much life. Actually, I dare say maybe the better part of life is after 40. Wonderful. And, and I'm, I'm sorry that you, that you lost your mother so young. And I just, oh, thank you. you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, what that would be like, you know, being so young like that. And maybe the kind of dread coming up with that too, at that age. But Yeah. I um, think that um, I, I, you know, when you, when you have kind of a, a deadline, um, so to speak, you think, you, you know, it's just, a, it's a very strange place to become older than your mom was. Um, but then once you get past that, that age, like considerably, it's, it's like bonus time. I'm like, Oh, wow. What, what can I do with this? What can I do with this life that my mom did not have a chance to do? And speaking of doing something with your life, why don't you tell us a little bit about 40 Thrive? what that is okay. and what you're doing with it. Well, 40 Thrive um, came to me uh, when, I, when I turned 45. I was like, 45, 40 Thrive. I don't know. I need to do something. Um, and so I, I saved the Instagram name thinking like someday I'll figure it out. And then one day I just woke up and it was like, what I need to do is create a community for women 40 plus. So when I say 40 plus, I don't mean just in your 40s, 40s, 50s, 60s, however, um, if you're in a place where you want to kind of kick start that second half, then the group is for you. And so I created a, a Facebook community to start. And there's, you know, a podcast coming up and some other group coaching and live events and things like that. But I wanted to kind of tap into the minds of these women. And I was realizing when I would ask things like what's on your bucket list or, you know, what do you wish you always did, that there are so many attainable things 
that we could be doing with our lives, but for some reason we get to a certain age and we feel stuck, like we're not allowed to do them anymore. And so 40 Thrive is not only giving you permission to do them, but giving you the tools and the encouragement and the support in the community to really like kick life up a notch. I love it. And I, I am part of the 40 Thrive community because yes, you are. <laughs> I am 45. And, um, and you're having an event coming up. And yes. let's talk about this is in March. Tell awesome. us about yes, the 40 Thrive 10th. event. What's that? Tell us about the 40 Thrive event. Yes, it's called Thrive by Design. And it's um, March 10th in the LA area. And we're bringing together, you know, you can find like-minded women who are looking to do something new in their lives. Um, we've got amazing speakers talking about career and money and health and wellness and all the areas that really matter to us, um, which is exciting. And so, and, and a lot of little surprises um, along the way. And so it's March 10th in the LA area and um, you can get tickets at 40thrive.com slash workshop. Fabulous. We will put a link up to that under there. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. back to the 40 Thrive, what have been some challenges that maybe you found professionally from the over 40 realm? Any at all? Yeah, um, for sure. I, we talk about it a lot in the group. I think that there are some women who maybe were stay-at-home moms who are trying to get back into the workforce and really have no idea how to navigate that. Or you know, you're in a job and, and, you know, everybody knows that life has been shaken up a little bit, like, you know, with our economy over the past 10 years. And so I think a lot of women feel like they're aging out and, um, and a lot of companies, it's tough to get a new job or a promotion and women are finding challenges in many of those areas. And so to bring in experts who can kind of help us navigate those waters and, and really creating your own opportunities. I'm a full believer of this being the time to create our own opportunities. Look at how many women over 40 become entrepreneurs after working for somebody else for so long. Um, so I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of exciting adventures ahead. I think so too. And, you know, you probably noticed, and I wonder if you agree with this too, that there's maybe a lot of fear behind kind of starting over or trying something new, especially when you're a little bit older and I don't know about you, but, you know, in my earlier, you know, in my 20s and teenage years, I thought that I was never going to die completely invincible and that I had maybe millions of years to do something. <laughs> and uh, with getting older and I didn't have, I don't have a particular, you know, clock of somebody who's, who's passed away that I think I'm, I'm going towards, but, but I have gotten a little bit of slight dread when you get over that 40, like, ooh. Like a little bit of oh, this is uh, this is different territory. A little bit older, but perspectively, if you think about that, eighty-one is the right. know, average expectancy. It's a whole lifetime over, an entire lifetime. And how do you think yeah, you, you know, kind of get around that fear? Well, first of all, I think that when you look around, you see that people aren't necessarily retiring at sixty-five the way they used to and especially the people who are doing what they love. And, you know, if you're working in punching that clock and, um, and you're just kind of existing, it can be a very daunting time, but there's so much opportunity out there and there's so many 
Um, you know, when have you ever walked into even a Starbucks and you see somebody who's, you know, late 60s behind the counter and they just dig it. They love what they do and they get to work with people. And like, you don't think that a person like that will ever retire because they seem like maybe they did retire from a career that was demanding or, you know, I, I just think that if we can find ways to make a living where it kind of fills our cup a little bit, um, you know, you're not looking at retirement. You're not looking at aging. You know, I don't know many people who have the whole pension thing anymore. And um, I just, I think it's a mind shift and nobody knows that better than you. I mean, look at you, you've, you've gone from, you know, one career to now you're so creative in this and your hypnosis and, um, you know, you're the perfect, you're the epitome of 40 thriving. So, you know, we need to turn to people like you to kind of learn the way and figure out how to do it for ourselves. Ah, oh, well, thank you so much. And I did not slip her cash prior to this <laughs> interview. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 like, I, like, I like doing things differently. I always have. And, and you like doing things another way, too. And definitely 40 Thrive is another way to view old age. I know I thought, um, you know, very young. And, you know, young kids think, you know, when you remember, you thought, like, 20 was old. Like, oh, my God, yeah. it's just 20, <laughs> 30, and then, you know, 40 was grandpa. And, you know, I don't know about this for you also, but another thing that I, I think about, too, on age is now I don't feel in my brain and in my mind to be 45. I still feel like the same person I was, like the 20-year-old fun person, but smarter and maybe less impulsive, foot-in-the-mouth, train wrecky, but just bumpy on a slower pace. Not the same person. <laughs> and do you feel that way yeah. too? I do feel that way. I mean, you know, I, I tended to be a little bit out there. Um, I've always done things another way, you know, not just after 40. But um, I think I can, I can see the consequence of my actions ahead of the game versus later. So... As much as I'm still that person, I still find, uh, you know, I'm still adventurous and I still like to, you know, have some fun. It's, I think I, I'm just a little bit more, I don't even want to say cautious. I just think, I, I think it's through a little bit more. But I also think that, like, I use my voice in a different way. That I used to use my voice just to be heard, no matter what it was saying. And now I'm finding purpose and meaning and using my voice in a way that I feel I can elevate people. I really like that a lot, and what a wonderful use of your voice. And then just a little bit more, um, and something that I've just always admired about you, and Jackie has three children, and mm -hmm. she's just such a cool parent. And, you know, everybody's got different parenting styles. And she's got this gem of a little girl who, <laughs> you know, People have different different views of how they raise their kids. You know, some people very strict, some different, but society still has kind of rules about how people should look, dress, and do stuff. And I want you to tell everybody about the story of your little girl who decided she just wanted to funk things up a little bit, some different <laughs> hair and different color, and what you did. Can you tell everybody yeah. about that a bit? You know, um, her name is Lucy, and she actually is turning 11 today. Today's her birthday. Um, but when she was six, she was telling me how she wanted a bohawk 
um, you know, not a full on mohawk because mama can't go that far, but <laughs> um, she wanted a mohawk. She wanted it really short and spiky and um, she had this long, you know, beautiful thick hair and I kind of made her wait six months or so, like making sure, because who doesn't change their mind? You know, I do at 46, never mind six years old. And so she wanted to um, have this haircut. So we waited six months and she finally, you know, she never wavered. And that's what I'm discovering about my daughter is that she has thoughts and ideas and knows exactly who she is and what she wants in her life. And she got that haircut. And ever since then, you know, it's had different looks, but she has short, spiky hair. Sometimes it's colored purple or some blue streaks or blonde or whatever, you know, she's feeling that day. But um, I realized with her especially that I needed to get out of the way a little bit. And I know that sounds weird because I'm actually a pretty strict parent. I have expectations of them and behavior. and um, But at the same time, I feel it's important, especially as a girl, to teach her, oh, well, you need to be in charge of your body. You need to respect yourself. You need to not do anything in your life that, you know, where somebody else has control over yourself. And then I'm like, but no, you have to wear your hair a certain way. It just felt like such a contradiction. And it felt like I, I was telling her one thing and sending a different message. And so, yeah, I've let her kind of do whatever. Um, you know, there are certain rules at school she has to follow as far as hair, like they can't have the wacky colors, but now we just do that over the summer. But I, I try to let her be that unique individual that she is. And honestly, the person I get back from her when she is feeling like my mama gets me is, is, so, is, is the biggest reward of all. So it's like, you know, we could sit there and try to dictate our kids and how they look and what their hairstyle is and how they dress. But when we allow them to be themselves and, you know, and to express themselves in this way, I mean, aren't we trying to raise happy, healthy children with, you know, that are maybe a little bit less messed up than we are? So I, I feel like that's really important for me. And that, that's, that's another thing I just love about you because you can see in her face that joy oh, of, of a non-crushed spirit. And um, yeah. it's just it makes me emotional. It's it's, actually. it's super beautiful um, because so many people judge on things like that. And I even heard you put in a qualifier like, well, but I'm still strict. Yeah. And yeah. so sorry that my phone is ringing. Oh, okay, that's okay. And um, <laughs> and, um, and and that um, it's you know what's super cool is because strict kind of has you know nothing to do with the looks, but I think we're kind of conditioned because. You know, now more than 51% of millennials have tattoos. You know, I recently got into a, you know, verbal altercation with a man about tattoos a couple of years ago. But anyhow, really? uh, yeah, I've told that story. Um, uh, just judging people by the way they look. And, mm. you know, thinking that if you have funky colored hair, tattoo, piercing or something else, that something's wrong with you. You're not right. You're not smart. Or that you're not a good person. And, right. and just if you... I guess I've been around in the world and met people, you would know this to be true. And fear, mm -hmm. I think, is what gets people on the, the funky stuff. But um, you can still be a good person, strict, have good grades, and even do a lot of other different things. And and it doesn't really matter. But I just right. love... I mean, and how great if we were all able to express ourselves. I mean, my daughter, nobody tries harder in school. Like, she comes home, she does her homework, she gets it, like... 
She is, I wake up on occasion, I know this is a little off topic, but, um, you know, she'll pull out the French press and make me a pot of coffee. I mean, this kid is like, she is a goddess. I adore her, you know, so if, if what I can give her is the self-esteem and the self-encouragement that who she is is good enough, not only good enough, but amazing, then that's what my job is. I didn't, she didn't ask to come into this family. You know, we, we brought all three of our kids. Our boys are biological and she's adopted. And, you know, we make that choice. And so it, our job is to give them this encouragement and to give them this platform and this, this you know, this foundation for life and to be able to go out there and, and you know, take risks and, and leap when, when they can. I just, I see so many parents trying to kind of push them down into the box and don't get me wrong, Marina, I was there. I was that person where I was like, wait a second, this isn't the how I envision things, but how I envision things was only a certain way. It was when I let go of the expectations and how things were supposed to go that my life has grown. It, like, I mean, the, the joy in my life is unbelievable because I stopped putting expectations on my parenting, on my family, on my career, all of it. You know, I, I love that too. And it is the um, expectations. And I'm going to forget who a second who the therapist is who um, yeah. was talking about, um, and he calls it like uh, masturbating, not masturbating, but masturbating about yeah. when you must do things and expectations. And uh, right. ding dong, I should know this, but I don't. Maybe somebody will come in on that. Um, so I just, I think that's so cool and, and you're so right when we have an idea of what the world is going to be like, what parenting is going to be like. I mean, a lot of us have, you know, fantasies in our head and then they don't meet up. That's where the disappointment right. comes in, but letting go. And I've done a lot of that myself lately. You find more joy than you've ever found by letting things kind of happen organically. And when you see people for who they really are deep down in their soul. Right. I think you've just given a springboard to your children to be three amazing people that will continue on forever and have that gift that you gave them. And as we know, you know, parenting, uh, parenting goes down generations. So people will continue bad behaviors, then somebody's going to change it. But the good behaviors will just keep going on and keep growing. And so I, I just love that you're doing that. And I'm wondering if you want to tell us about anything else you might do another way. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. You know, I, I just look at life another way, you know, and I, and I, you know, go back a little bit. I always have, you know, I think having 10 older brothers and sisters, um, I was exposed to behaviors and culture and, you know, all of that where, you know, my friends may have been watching Sesame Street, you know, I was watching three company reruns, you know, <laughs> so I've always kind of been ahead of the game um, as far as like what I knew. And so I've, I don't know, I just look at life as this opportunity for growth and for learning and for jumping out of your comfort zone. And I think I'm hoping that, you know, leading by example in that way will not only help my kids, but any other friends or family who happen to be looking to take those leaps as well. Because I think things can be really scary and staying in your comfort zone is super easy. Um, but at the same time, I don't know why they call it that because there's nothing comfortable about it. You know, like right? I feel like 
the comfort zone is actually like lumpy and you know when when I force myself to try something new versus stay at home and sit on the couch like I know which one makes me feel alive and it's not the comfort zone and so um I think it's really important to me for me and to, to look at life another way and, and in that way it's kind of scary but it's fun cool all right well we are going to end on that so all right always another way and uh, you can check out a little bit below i'm going to put the link for her 40 thrive event and i just want to thank you so very much for being on and let's follow jackie's lead and step out of your comfort zone one time today and see things another way thank you marina bye-bye Thank <laughs> you.